You're listening to episode 155, what, of the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden, and today I'm chatting with adorable Jen Weaver about wife style. And he reminded me of like back in the day in Sunday school when they teach you about how to receive salvation and how the Lord is a gentleman and he doesn't force himself into our hearts, but he gives us the free will to invite him. And so I started this this habit of inviting him in. So if I was struggling with something with Jared and we were going to have a conversation, we started praying, Lord, be in this conversation. Guard our hearts, guard our thoughts, guide our conversation. When I was struggling with things, it was, Lord, show me where you are in this. I invite you into this. And it brought about this lifestyle difference of frayed or braided because like taking the the symbolism of a cord, there are times when I just feel frayed. And I think that every marriage can go through different seasons where you may have a a strong marriage cord overall, but you're starting to get frayed at the ends in the season that you're in because it's more reliance on yourself and on your abilities to fix things than really integrating Jesus and seeking the Lord's presence in what you're going through and being being tightly braided in because your focus is on Jesus in the midst of this. Okay, y'all, in honor of Bruce and my 18th wedding anniversary, we're going to talk about marriage today. And I have invited Jen Weaver, the author of the book, A Wife's Secret to Happiness, on the show. And I know, talking about marriage is tricky. Talking about marriage is tricky. And when we talk about the word submission, everybody gets their panties all in a bunch gender roles. It's it's not easy stuff. And I know each of you have your own story coming into marriage, but I think this is a great conversation because we do it with grace. We talk about how to be a woman of valor, how to work as a team, how to um, really let God lead in your marriages. And even when it comes to your husband, uh, if you're struggling because you don't feel like he is a best the best leader, how you can handle that situation. Um, Before we get to that, I want to talk about another couple, Jackie and Rick. I love these people. They have started a company called Rad Joy. What happened was Rick had decided to start making these surrender crosses. Basically, it's reclaimed wood, and he's drilled some holes, and he has these cute nails, and, and you can take your worries, your struggles, whatever is holding you back from believing God, uh, for and you write it down and you literally nail it to the cross and he was making these and then in may of last year god gave them the nudge to go forward with this ministry when rick lost his job and they have been pursuing him and seeking him out in this they've involved their family their sweet kids will think of a word to write down on the piece of paper and and pray over the crosses before they mail them out if you're looking for a present for your kids for easter i love their little crosses um So you can be training your kids in this concept of believing God to take care of things that we have no control over. I know we've been using ours, and it has been super helpful in surrendering our hardest things to God. Check it out over at GodCenterMom.com backslash RadJoy, or go straight to the website Rad-Joy.com. And they're going to give GodCenterMom listeners 15% off if you use the coupon code GodCentered15. All right, let's get to my conversation with Jen. Here we go. Hey, Jen. Welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hey, Heather. Thanks for having me. This is kind of fun because I don't get to talk about marriage very much on the show, which I should talk more about it, but I don't. And I love having guests 
introduce themselves to everyone listening. So would you take a second and introduce everybody to your family real quick? Yeah. So my husband is Jared. Um, and we, we always say it's Jared like the jewelers. Yes. Uh, and we've been married for eight years. He's awesome and totally my best friend. And we have one son. His name is Dylan and he's two. And so he's in this super fun age where he has a very limited vocabulary, but he likes to string all of the words together to try and make some semblance yeah. of a sentence. So it's like mama, data, car, book, banana. He's basically. keeping his conversational turn as long as possible with just oh, yeah. as many words as he can. That's very fun. Definitely. That's very fun. Okay. So you've been married eight years. Yes. How have you handled all of the insecurities or question marks that other people might throw at you? When you release a book, first of all, that's hard enough. You're being brave just releasing a book and then a book on marriage. So how have you, as a, as a woman of God who's being <laughs> obedient to his calling, how have you handled that kind of criticism? Uh, um, sometimes better than others. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's honest. I like it. Um, yeah. So I do get people questioning it, especially for wives that have been married a lot longer than I have. Right. Um, they're like, okay, eight years. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> but those beginning years are rough. They're yeah. rough. And then you throw in a kid. That's rough. I can, I can say I learned a lot in those first, those first eight years for sure. For sure. Oh man. Yeah. Well, and, um, a lot of the book came out of my own experiences. I, I really feel like God started talking to me about the themes in this book and prompting me to write them because he wanted me to learn them. Like it, mm. it very much started out this way where he's like, okay, you're going to get this. And he speaks to me a lot through my writing. So I'll start, he'll give me a, a spark of inspiration or a moment of clarity on a verse or something. And I'll start writing about it. And then he continues talking to me and bringing revelation through the writing. So I think a lot of it came from that. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I found is thankfully and graciously, as I'm talking with even some of the wives that have been married for 50 years and they're like, Oh, you wrote a marriage book and there's <laughs> how cute, how cute, like uh, pat, pat on the head. Yeah. Yes. Pat. Um, but even as I start talking about that, the themes in the book with them, um, because they've been married for so long, a lot of the feedback I get is, Oh, okay. Yeah. That really needs to be talked about. Mm. And, um, so that's been super encouraging. And then I have some women that have been married for a super long time and they're encouraging right off the bat, which is just phenomenal. Um, so it's been, it's been a huge learning process. And I think it's been fun too, as I'm talking through the themes, because I'm a young woman, that mm -hmm. it can be very relatable because the, the concepts really apply to a woman of any age who's been married for, to any length of time. But what I'm finding is as still a relatively young wife, a lot of the things talking about submission and talking about the role of husband leadership and how we can partner with our husband and show strength in a, in a way that's different than what society says, yeah. um, isn't as widely talked about in our age group. And mm -hmm. so it's been really exciting to see that, that this can be relatable to other young wives because it's not like, I'm not an older mentor that's coming to them and, Oh, well that's outdated. You that's right. from your generation. I'm like, no, this is still, this is still real for us. A voice for each generation. And I, I remember in one of your chapters, you even kind of lay out the three generations and how they interact as a husband and wife. And so it is very valid and very valuable and helpful. And, and uh, this wife's secret to happiness uh, title, 
right? Um, you also have like a sub kind of theme throughout the whole book of wife styling. Tell us what that is. Yes. So each chapter in the book is a blessing that the Lord wants to give us um, through our marriages, through our husbands. And then I have um, two different wife styles that relate to the blessing. So one habit of living as a wife um, attracts that blessing and one can reject it or um, not, not attract it, kind of deny God from being able to move in that area in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so wife styling is all about the habits and um, choices that we make that, that set our lifestyle, just like we all have fashion sense or a home decor style. Uh, it's, it's our style of living as a wife and how we can be intentional in that. And just to give, I was said I was going to give caveats and then I forgot. We <laughs> recognize that in the conversation of marriage, this is tricky. That mm-hmm. everyone's bringing one, like we said, the generational impact on them, their grandparents' marriage, uh, their parents' marriage, and then you, even your own woundedness from relationships prior to marriage. Then within marriage, the woundedness when a spouse isn't uh, maybe even following after God. And and mm-hmm. I we recognize that there are so many versions of this story that are coming in and in your ears that are hearing Jen and I talk about marriage and you, you, I don't want you to stop listening because you think, well, she doesn't know me or she doesn't know my story or if, you know, this isn't going to apply because I really feel like Jen, you, you narrow in on God's plan, right? Like his desire for blessing and you go to scripture and, and you kind of, you aren't deterred by the outliers. You just stick with, you know, the plumb line of this was God's intention. And yes, we might swing outside of it by our choice, like you said, by our style or what we know, mm-hmm. or um, by habit, like we don't know any other way. But this was the intended style. And this was the intended blessing when you choose that style. Definitely, definitely. Well, And it, what it looks like, changes, like depending on you and your circumstance and how you interact with your husband and his personality and your personality. I was talking to a friend the other day and she was like, you know, you're this part of the book is really convicting me because I can see there are ways that I could better align with my husband. But he, he gives me a lot of freedom. Mm. He gives a a huge spectrum to work with. He's in, um, he's a a coach. And so when it hits football season, he has a ton of things going on. And I basically have free reign to make decisions for our family Mm. in that season. Am I still submitted in that? And I was able to encourage her. Yes, because you're still aligned with your husband. You're not going off and doing your own thing and, and separating yourself from him. Mm -hmm. But those circumstances differ for every woman and, and what that looks like in your home. Yeah. And you said the word, the word that everyone's scared of when we talk about marriage. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it's a Christian talking about marriage. Going to tell me to submit? It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. And I think you graciously handle that in the book. But is there anything you want to say about it right now? I mean, it's such a huge <laughs> conversation. Um. Yeah. Anything you have or that you've learned in talking about this? So. Okay, so I talk about it in the book in this way, and this has really been the best way that I found to to give a picture to it. Um, I encourage all wives to approach the concept of submission, if it scares you, to approach it like you would a stray dog that you think you could be friends with. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so you're not like running up and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm here. This is awesome. I'm in and, and denying how you're feeling about it or the concerns that you have. But approach it gingerly. Approach it with awareness and to talk with the Lord about the theme. Because I fully believe that God grants us submission to grant authority, that authority, kingdom authority transfers through a hierarchy and it's, it's delegated. It's never taken. It's never usurped it. And if you, if you like take it and run away with it, then you're constantly having to fend it off and fight to keep it. Um, versus when it comes through submission, it's something that's just granted to you Mm. by God. And so I fully believe that a wife is empowered through submission and that the enemy has distorted it because he wants us to, he wants to keep us from experiencing that freedom and from really sharing that empowerment. Because when you empower a woman, you empower her whole world. Mm-hmm. And, and so I feel like that's why there's so much of an affront to that, that word and the practice of submission from what society says. Yeah. And I would love to just say like, for the one, someone who can't imagine what it looks like, some scenarios, (laughs) that's what comes to mind. In this scenario, what would submission look like? In this scenario, what would submission look like? Does that make sense? Yes. So, um, submission, submission is the, like the yielding of your heart, the decision to, um, to receive your husband as leader and not to be not, not to change your personality, not that you have to become this quiet doormat that doesn't have a perspective, not that you can't share your, your opinions um, or weigh in or make decisions on your own. Um, but submission looks like, um, for me, I'm one of those super can-do, do-everything type people. I love to have a 100 projects going on at once. And so knowing that about myself, submission for me means when I'm about to take on a new project, I run it by Jared and make sure he also feels that it's a good idea for me and for our family and where we are in that season. So I'm just not making those decisions and running off by myself because I totally could and he'd never see me. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, hey, I'm off to the next thing. Um, So it sounds more like a teamwork approach, like just how you would honor and respect one another um, in anything. You're just kind of allowing him to be on your team or you're not just an isolated member in this family, in this relationship, you're kind of yeah. working together. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and making room for him to lead. Um, so there are some times when we'll come to a decision and we'll decide, Hey, we really, we really both need to hear the same thing on this. Um, we need to hear from the Lord. We had a, a thing, which I talk about a little bit in the book where um, we dealt with delayed fertility And so there was a season we were looking into, um, fertility assistance stuff and I had peace to move forward. And I was like, yeah, I want a baby. (laughs) And he didn't, he didn't have peace about it. Um, and so for me, that was submitting the decision to, well, I'm, I'm not going to move forward until you also feel like this is a good decision for us. Mm -hmm. And there was much, so much good things that happened because we took that approach to it. And I'm thinking of the woman sitting and and listening and saying, yeah, but you don't know my husband. He's not a very good leader. He doesn't make very good decisions. He may not even be walking with God. How am I supposed to submit to that? You know, what would mm-hmm. you say to her? Mm-hmm. 
I would say that um, our husbands learn to lead when we leave room for them to. Mm. And when we, when we ask them to lead, when we, when we're looking for them to step into that role and we're asking God to help them in that role, then they rely on God to learn how. And that's not always a super quick process. Um, in fact, I find it's rarely a quick process, but look for the little, the little ways that you can align yourself with your husband, where you can yield your heart to his. It could be um, simply in the way that you perceive him as a leader or not a leader in your home. And one of the chapters I talk about um, the, the supply that we receive from our husbands. And I had this really cool um, insight into the life of Jesus. And in, in Mark, he's going through all of these different locations, healing and raising people from the dead and doing all of these miracles. And he gets to his hometown and the Bible tells us he wasn't able to, to do many miracles there. He wasn't able to do a great work because of their unbelief. Hmm. And they, the townspeople got together and we're like, well, who, who is this? Isn't this Jesus who we knew? Isn't this Jesus who grew up? Aren't his sisters here? Don't we know who his parents are? And in reading that scripture, God started talking to me about how sometimes I would disqualify Jared from stepping into a leadership role in our family because I knew his backstory, because I was so familiar with him, I limited what he could do. And when Jesus was in his hometown, it wasn't like he stepped into this vortex and he no longer had power. Like right. he still was, he still was Christ, but how they received him impacted what he was able to contribute to them. That's really good. That is really good. And again, here's another caveat. We totally are not saying you submit to a man who is abusing you physically. I mean, what I mean, you've had to handle this too, right? This is the conversation of marriage is this trickiness of a woman who is being abused and then told to submit and yeah complicated yes yeah abuse is never okay um i fully believe that god can redeem a marriage in any circumstance but if you're a wife and you find yourself in an abusive situation and that can be like physical emotional spiritual financial verbal any kind of abuse um seek help, seek help from a Christian counselor or an or, or organization. Well, I can even say that word organization yeah. yes. that ministers um, to that need. Because even as you're applying scripture to your life and seeking um, the Lord's will in your marriage, part of that needs to be your husband coming to a place of healing and your relationship coming into a place of healing. And that can't fully happen if abuse continues. Yes. I just want to make sure we said that. Yeah. In this whole conversation. Okay. So in talking about this wife styling and submission, I think our the first style we were going to talk about kind of fits. Do you think? The frayed versus or braided. Yes. Because we're not just partnering with our spouse. There's a mm-hmm. third party that's involved. So even if we don't we see our husband as weak or not able to lead, like because we know his backstory, there's that third strand. So talk yes. to us about what you meant by the wife style of frayed or braided. Okay. So praise Jesus. There's a third string. <laughs> <laughs> um, so th- it's a very common scripture um, that most of us are, are familiar with when we talk about the third strand in our marriage. And it's from Ecclesiastes four and a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. 
And so it's this whole idea of God being the third strand in our marriage. It's me, my husband, and Jesus. And what the Lord has started walking me through is how I can sometimes assume that he's involved in my marriage because, oh, I'm a Christian and I have a relationship with Jesus. So I'm just assuming his involvement instead of being intentional to include him Mm -hmm. in my marriage interactions, to bring my marriage before him in prayer, to listen to what he's saying to me. Um, and I had, I had like an actual experience because God is, um, he's, he's very dramatic with me sometimes because it can take that to get my attention. And I had this, this moment one morning and I thought I was praying, but really I was just sitting in a room complaining out loud to myself (laughs) (laughs) about the things that weren't going great. I know that kind of prayer. Yes. Uh (laughs) And I heard him, his voice in my head and he sounded very like echoey, like he's at, at a long tunnel and he's like, Hey, are you ever going to let me in to, to this room? Are you ever going to let me in and take me out of the hallway so we can start talking about these things? Hmm. And it, it caught me off guard because in my mind, he's already here. Lord, I'm praying to you about this. And I know, okay, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He hears all things. But he started talking to me about how I wasn't being intentional in including him. Hmm. And he reminded me of like back in the day in Sunday school when they teach you about how to receive salvation and how the Lord is a gentleman and he doesn't force himself into our hearts, Mm. but he gives us the free will to invite him. And so I started this, this habit of inviting him in. So if I was struggling with something with Jared and we were going to have a conversation, we started praying, Lord, be in this conversation, God guard our hearts, guard our thoughts, guide our conversation. When I was struggling with things, it was, Lord, show me where you are in this. I invite you into this. And it brought about this lifestyle difference of frayed or braided because like taking the the symbolism of a cord, there are times when I just feel frayed. And I think that every marriage can go through different seasons where you may have a, a strong marriage cord overall, but you're starting to get frayed at the ends in the season that you're in because it's more reliance on yourself yeah. and on your abilities to fix things than really integrating Jesus and seeking the Lord's presence in what you're going through and being being tightly braided in because your focus is on Jesus in the midst of this. So good and so true. Uh, just even through this recovery program I'm going through, it's so much of it is us trying to do our life on our own. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's parenting or marriage or friendships or career, it's that whole separate from God. Yeah. So I think even what you shared, if if there's a single guy listening, I think she could benefit from that, you know, just testimony of how, how am I in this? Have you, are you just kind of telling me what to do or have you invited, invited me in to the conversation of, of your life? Yeah. And I agree. I think it can be for, for anyone in any circumstance, I mean, where you are in your career or in your ministry or in, as a mother, are you being tightly woven with Jesus in this? Are you inviting and including him in? Um, or is there just an assumption that he's there or, or not? maybe even not an awareness of where he is in the midst of that? Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Okay. Let's do the next one. Wifestyle, doubtful or decided? Talk to us about that one. So this may be my favorite one. Okay. 
um, because I'm talking about the blessing of confident expectation and how a lot of times we can look at our circumstances and say, this is not what I thought. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is not looking good. Circumstances are not lining up. Um, And we can be doubtful. We can be doubtful of God's promise or of his plan to do good to us or of where he is or of his ability to turn something around and use it for good. And so the lifestyle here is really the difference between am I doubting God or am I going to decide to believe what he says in the midst of it? And I love that lifestyle because it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're in an easy season or in a hard season, you can be decided. And in that chapter, I talk about um, the difference in my, but God versus a, but God answer Mm. and how sometimes I can find myself coming to the Lord and, and kind of whining to him, but God, this isn't, this isn't what I thought. This isn't what I expected. It's not turning out the way it should. But God, I'm not even seeing the fruitfulness of this that I thought I would be seeing by right now. And how time and time again in scripture, we see the Lord coming through with a but God. So circumstances were bleak. Circumstances were not promising. No one knew what was going to happen. It all looks crazy. It's not It's not lining up with what our human minds would say should happen to make things turn out all right. But God showed up and did something. And for that wife who is in that place, who's like we already talked about that submission to leadership Mm -hmm. and is making space for him to do that. And it's taking a long time Mm -hmm. and she's praying daily for his faith and for his leadership uh, to be decided in that is is a choice. You have to decide, Okay, God is moving. It may be super slow. I may have just seen one different reaction than I normally see or a good decision being made by him, but you're choosing to not doubt because I'm sure we go in and out of that place. Oh yeah. And I actually was writing this chapter, um, going through a a really hard season in my marriage. I refer to it as a a relationship winter that we went through. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was in the months after our son was born. Yeah. And we were just, it was a new parenting thing. He's our only kid right now. And I, I don't, I didn't know what to do. There were so many new circumstances. We were both exhausted and we just had such a hard time getting on the same page and staying there. And I was feeling like I wasn't being heard and, and I just, it felt very lonely. It felt, um, very heavy, really disconnected, very disconnected. Yeah, Yeah. Very disconnected. I felt very guilty. Um, for all sorts of things, because I'm used to being that, like, I can do it all person. Mm-hmm. And so then I wasn't, I wasn't able to do it all the way I was when I wasn't a mom yet. And so um, through that time period, got, I'm writing this chapter of the book and I'm like, I don't even like this book right now. I don't- <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? This is a terrible idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be thinking about this. Um, And the Lord was very sweet to me and he kept just bringing me back to, okay, well, do you trust me? Because if you trust me, then you'll receive what I say. Then you can believe what I'm telling you. And so he he kept bringing me about to this place of, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to focus on circumstances. I'm going to choose faith. And I think you and I can probably relate on this because I've heard you talk about it before. I, I have grown up crazy fearful 
Mm-hmm. Like even mm-hmm. as a child, if I was in a, if I was in a public place, like in a church building or at a coffee shop or a restaurant and I wasn't facing the door, but I heard somebody walk in, my first thought was it's a policeman coming to tell me my family's died. Mm, yeah. These are and these irrational thoughts, but they are like right there. Yeah. Totally irrational yeah. thoughts. Yeah. And, um, and so in, in those times of doubt, it's really easy for those crazy irrational thoughts to creep up and for me to, to give over to fear. And so God kept bringing me back to, okay, well, are you going to believe me? Are you going to believe that I can show up for you? Are you going to believe the promises that I have for you? And time and time again, he took me through it. And it wasn't like this quick fix of like, oh, today was our relationship winner and tomorrow was better. Mm. But as I continued to seek Jesus in the midst of it, he brought us through that. And I know with each season that I've gone through of difficulty, it helps build my faith to be more decided in the future. And I think it's so important you shared that because I've seen it where um, marriage is going well, baby shows up, marriage is hard like it it should be, like it it's an adjustment for everyone. And then the isolation of a new baby that happens, the couple stops seeing other couples, or maybe they were in a small group and they stopped seeing, hanging out with their small group and they believe the lie that, well, we're just different from everyone else and we, our marriage is just not good and we Mm. shouldn't be married because this is hard. Whereas when you're in community and you hear from other people and they're like, oh yeah, me too. This is where we're struggling with that. And this is how our marriage is looking different and how we're struggling to readjust or how our communication has been stifled in this way or to have those conversations in the midst of that new baby time. And I even say our major breakdown come to Jesus was after the second baby the, mm-hmm. of like, we could hold it together for the first. And then the second we went to man to man defense and then we just never saw each other and, and just kind of drifted. And when that second baby was about seven months, we had to be like, Whoa, Nelly, where are we? How did this happen? How do we yeah. get here? Uh, and so that mom might be listening or the third or the fourth or the seventh kid. It, it's just, I think staying connected in community, recognizing these seasons are going to come and being decided that God is still moving and working and, and he has chosen you for that person. He, yeah. he is going to move. He will redeem all things and he will knit your hearts back together. Um, if you seek him. I believe it. Okay, I want to get to this last thing before we run out of time. This uh, lifestyle of dangerous or dame, and we're going to talk about Hebrew, and I'm so excited. I love Hebrew. <laughs> Tell us our Hebrew. Let's All go. All right. So, so chapter six, it's the blessing of Ha'il, and I hope I say that right. Ha'il. Ha'il. Um, and so that is the Hebrew word that's used as noble character when you talk about Proverbs 31. Uh, but it is so often, in my experience, misunderstood as kind of this nicety, like, oh, you're like the sweet Pinterest mom, or you're you're at the Bible studies and you have amiable charm. Um, but that same word is used in other passages of scripture as strength and victory and mighty things and capable men and warriors and valor. And so the the difference here in the wife style is how we use our strength. Mm-hmm. And am I going to be dangerous in my strength? Am I am I going to wield it kind of for my own direction, for, based on my own preferences, and potentially harm myself, harm my marriage, harm my husband? 
or am I going to be a dame, which is the, the UK equivalent of a knight in title. Mm-hmm. And so the dame wife goes to battle for her family and finds ways to fight alongside her husband and to use her strengths to benefit her family, to, to live as that wife of noble character. And so you say wife of valor which yes. is so strong and good. And and again, like you had said in the chapter, that Proverbs 31 woman gets tossed around as like this checklist of goodness. Like, are you a good woman? Uh-huh. Versus like a blessing of over a lifetime of that strength and that choosing to wield it well for the good of the family, the good of the, the society she's in. Um, it's a great word. Hail, hail. Okay. So how would that look in a situation? Have you, do you have any stories or scenarios of how we can wield it well and how we can be damaging? Yes. So in the, the circumstance of my marriage, um, I have found that it's really easy for me to, um, to step outside of like God's will for me and God's, um, delegated tasks for my life and kind of run ahead. Like I like to run ahead of the Lord. If he tells me here's a B and and then I'm like, awesome, I'm going to go figure out what C, D, E, and F are like, (laughs) and then I'll come back to you. Um, and so for me, one of the ways that it really plays out is, um, is one being attuned to the Lord's plan and staying in step with him, but then learning how I can best apply my own skills to, to compensate for areas where Jared lacks. So like I, I have a brain that organizes tasks and timelines and everything. And so I can look at a list of things to do and map out in like 10 minutes. Okay. This, this then and here, and we'll stop it here. And it's all this well-planned orchestrated thing. And, um, initially what would happen is I would kind of be the boss of him and like, okay, well, here's the task list I've made for you. Um, here are the things that you need to do and the order in which to do them. And it just, it made him feel, um, very belittled. Like he's one of my kids that I'm helping figure out how to get dressed for the day. (laughs) And, (laughs) and it, it wasn't strengthening to our marriage. It wasn't, um, encouraging to him and it still, but it still was a strength that I had. And so one of the ways that I've learned to take something that was dangerous in our marriage and turn it around um, to be that of, of advocating and fighting alongside my husband is I came to him, and this was several years ago, and I asked, hey, can we have kind of brainstorming conversations to go through our schedule for the week and see how we can best coordinate that together? And then we would have conversations here and there where he'd talk about, oh, I have all these things to do. I'm not sure how I'm going to get them all done. And I came at it of more of a, a question instead of a direction. Mm-hmm. Hey, how can, can I look at this? Would you like me to give you some thoughts about how I might handle that if it was my day? And so because of that process, it's come to the point now where he freely comes to me and he says, hey, this is the list I've put together. Can you help me organize this in the most efficient way? And so I've really been able to come alongside and partner with him because he's inviting me to instead of me like lording over him and just taking charge of the situation by myself. Yes. So great. Recognizing each other's superpowers and allowing space in the relationship so that you both benefit. So there's like a mutual um, 
I, we called it synergy when we were first married. We we're like, there's this synergy that can happen, this exponential output when we take each of our strengths and put them together um, and, and not diminish one for the benefit okay. of the other, but just like this, this blazing fire rather than these two candles over in the corner. Uh, so good. We, we even, I'm, we're about to celebrate, oh my stars, 18 years of marriage. And I would say it was the last year that we got to a place where, um, we started, uh, taking walks every morning in the summer. Oh, um, so fun. Yes. I mean, simple, so simple. My parents had lived with us the summer before and we, they would do it. And we were like, you know, we could do that. Now that our kids are older, we could totally leave a phone at home and take a phone and walk around the block. We're not that far. And even if it's 15 minutes, it's a conversation that's uninterrupted and men, you know, side by side, not eyeball to eyeball, like most states are eyeball to eyeball and it kind of shuts them down. But this like not huge pressure, like sometimes dates can be super high pressure. Like we have to make use them every second <laughs> because we're paying a babysitter and this is right. you're supposed to be amazing. Date night's supposed to be amazing. But this was just like low pressure, um, constant communication. And it was the biggest boost in our connection. The, the time when he came to me for advice and like wisdom in a way that I had never seen because I'm four years younger than him. So it kind of went the other way. Usually, mm. uh, it was more, um, reciprocity with our relationship and we were both kind of you know doing new things and entrepreneurial conversations and spiritual conversations and conversations about the kids but it's so amazing how a tiny change in our routine made such a huge impact on our overall connectedness and marital like happiness and it wasn't like well he bought me flowers more or he wrote me more notes or that wasn't it it was it was time and and just mutual respect that yeah. allowed for the blessing of, you know, just happiness, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the secret to happiness is a daily walk. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I it, I think this book is so great, especially, like you said, for the generation coming up, the new young mom who's looking for help. And um, I think there's such a, a pressure to just be happy. There is to mm -hmm. be happy in your marriage, but at the same time to also not give up because you're not happy, um, to recognize that it goes beyond just a happy, happy, joy, joy feeling, but like a deep blessedness that you're yeah. sharing here, that there's a better way, that there's a better way. And it's, um, I don't know. I think you hit some hard conversations in a very grace filled way, even the sex conversation. Well, thank you for that. And that chapter terrified me. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, like, Jared, seriously? I, okay. Oh, when, man. Think about poor Francie Winslow. Oh, man. That I've right? had on the show. She, God's <laughs> kind of directed her to have that be her whole conversation. So, yes. It's so needed. So needed. And, you know, the barriers to intimacy so many times I've talked about it are these screens and... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, well I, I've loved having this conversation with you. Is there any, like, where would people find you online so they can stay in contact and find more out about the book? And, and throughout the book, you say, uh, place it, uh, they can go online to get different printables. And if they don't want to write in their book, you have 
uh, the checklist there, all these bonus stuff. All these bonus stuff? That's really good English, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> all the bonuses are online. But where would they find you? What was your site? So I'm um, thejenweaver.com. And that's not because I'm a big deal. It's just because my name is super common. Um, and then throughout the book, yes, we have a bunch of links. I think in total there's around 95 pages of bonus content with worksheets and and supporting articles and printable versions of the quizzes that you can print to write on if you um, want them. And so those are all talked about in the book. There's a, a link for that. And um, then I'm on all social media stuff as – at thejenweaver.com. And then A Wife's Secret to Happiness is available wherever books, books are sold. So it's on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and Books a Million and Christian Books everywhere. Very cool. Thank you, Jen, so much for coming on and helping us get focused in our marriage so we can be blessed by God in it. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Uh, Before I sign off, I wanted to share a little story. I've been wanting to share this story, but I didn't quite know where or how or what. And I realized this would be a perfect time. So I don't know how much y'all know about my parents. Um, About five years ago, my dad decided that he really felt led to leave America and move to another country. And so they looked at all different countries and they decided on Costa Rica. And so that required them to sell everything, cars, home. Uh, Basically, they gave me back presents that I'd given them, um, furniture of theirs, and they moved to Costa Rica. Uh, And my mom went along with it, which she's a very strong woman. And I, you know, I was kind of in awe of how she went along with my dad's leadership in that. Little did my mom know when she said yes to that, how blessed their marriage would be. Uh, This time and space in Costa Rica was kind of a honeymoon of sorts. Um, They got to walk the beach every morning. There was time reading together and they had a good group of friends there. My mom led Bible studies. My dad was an elder at the church and it was just this great time together. And, And my dad's life ended this January and, you know, My mom would have missed all that if she would have held on to what we know as your should do's. You should stay in the same country where your kids and grandkids live. You shouldn't leave all your friends you've known your whole life. She would have missed out on that special time they had, just the two of them. Um, Because God knew. God knew my dad's last days, and my dad didn't even know. Um, My dad didn't know the reason why God was moving him out of the country But I truly believe that it was God's gift to them and to their marriage and to their life and to my mom to have that time with my dad. Um, So, gals, you know, sometimes we can think we know best, and it's really hard to trust our husbands. Um, And I just wanted to share that story, not because it's the end-all, be-all, and everyone should do exactly what my parents did, but more just as a testimony of the blessing that Jen was talking about, the joy that can come when we work in unity with our spouse uh, and trust God for the results. All right, y'all have a great week. I don't know what you're doing or where you are, but I believe that God is with you and I believe that he is for you and I believe he has a plan for your kids and for your spouse and you. And um, I'm praying that he will show that to you in the time that you spend with him. All right, adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, 
go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping Him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and He is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with His love and He will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.